Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. 1 Timothy chapter 2. How many of you love God's Word? You're thankful for it. How many of you understand the importance of water? Anyone here? Well, the same thing is true spiritually speaking. We know the plants have difficulty growing without water. Grass has difficulty growing without water. And Christians have difficulty growing without the seed of God's Word being watered. And the teaching ministry is the ministry of watering. Watering the seed of God's Word so that we can grow and develop in spiritual matters. And so we should want to be around the teaching of God's Word, study God's Holy Word, and be taught, of course, primarily by His Spirit, and, of course, by those that He has anointed to stand in the teaching office. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, we have a Scripture that's very important to all of us. It involves both our being saved and also our spiritual growth and development through the teaching of God's Word. The Scripture says, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. We have no problem with the fact that God wants all men saved. We know that. We understand that. And if you're saved, then you're in the will of God. As a matter of fact, that's the first step into the will of God for your life is being saved. But it doesn't stop there, does it? Everyone say saved and. Saved and. See, it says, who will have all men to be saved and. Next time someone asks you if you're saved, say, say, yes, I'm saved and. Do you see that? I'm not just saved. I'm saved and. Then you open up another door. Well, and what? And I'm in the process of coming into the knowledge of the truth. See, it's not enough just to be saved. I mean, that'll get you into heaven. That'll get us, of course, into heaven. But without coming into the knowledge of the truth, we're not going to be free while we're here upon this earth. Do you know that? See, another scripture that tells us that is found in John. You don't have to turn to it, but if you want to, that's okay. John 8, 31 and 32. John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then you're my disciple indeed, and you shall know the what? And what will the truth do? He says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And you see, if you're saved and coming into the knowledge of the truth, then you're saved and you're coming into freedom. We can be saved and still be in bondage. Did you know that? We can be saved and without direction. We can be saved and without guidance. We can be saved and still be in captivity. 
We can be saved and still be bound up. We can be saved and be under the influence of sin. The power of sin. We can be saved and still be under the power of demon influence. We can be saved and still be under the power of sickness and disease. We can be saved and still be under the power of rebellion. We can be saved and still be overcome. Thank God for salvation. But you see, beloved, He has provided for us His Word so that we can continue in it. And He said if we'll continue in it, that is His Word, then He said the knowledge of the truth shall make you free. And if we want to be free from the power of sin, if we want to be free from the power of demonic influence, if we want to be free from the power of fear, anxiety, worry, frustration, discouragement, and if we want to be free from sickness, from disease, from mental torment, poverty, and all these things, then it is essential and of primary importance that we come unto the knowledge of the truth. And of course, since this is Healing Sunday, of course, we're talking about the subject of divine healing. And also, the, of course, the, uh, the subject of deliverance. See, when we talk about man's threefold deliverance, we need to be specific sometimes. You see, the spirit of man doesn't get healed. Spirit of man gets saved. Gets born again, recreated by the power of God. But the same power that recreates the human spirit is the same power that delivers and restores the mind. And when we deal with the soul of man, the soul is delivered. The soul of man is, is restored. But when we deal with the body of man, the same power that saves the spirit, the same power that restores the mind is the same power that heals the physical body. So you see, if we want to be technical about it, our spirit man is saved, the soul is delivered and restored, and the body is healed. And of course, that's the effect of the power of God upon the spirit, the soul, and the body of the human being. How many of you found out this morning when you got up that you are a tripart being? How many of you found out that if you listen to your body, you might not be in church today? Feeling is the voice of the body. You might have said, I don't feel like going to church. Well, your soul might have sided up with you if you listen to the voice of reason and said, yeah, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night. Maybe I should stay home. See, that's the body and the soul lining themselves up together. But I know all of you are spiritual out there. And I know that you're dominated by the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit. And when your body and soul began to rebel against your spirit, man, you got a hold of the Word of God and said, no, it doesn't matter how much rest you got. You're going to go to church. So your spirit, you see, was the dominant force. And it took over. And, of course, that's why you're here. Now that I know that you're here, and we all know that you're here, I also know that you made a decision to be attentive and to be alert and not let your mind take over once again and begin to wander off and think about what you're going to do down, you know, down the road later on after you leave this place. You're going to be attentive. You're going to listen to what God has to say to you through His Holy Word so that you can receive the benefit of it. Amen? Amen. That's why we're here today. 
We're here for a purpose and we have a reason for being here. That is to allow our spirit man to have some freedom. Right on through the week, very often what we do is just keep it locked up and bound up. Did you know we do that? With natural things. And if you listen to your mind, your mind just, just doesn't stop. How many, your mind just doesn't stop. You know how many thoughts go through the mind throughout the course of a day? Thousands of them. Thousands of them. And that's the realm of reason. Trying to think things through in our mind. What we should do, what we're going to do, what we're not going to do, and all that. Just an internal, internal warfare going on. Trying to keep us out of the spirit realm. And for the most part, being very successful in doing it. Especially when it's hot outside. But you see, this morning we've come here refreshed. We're ready to enter into the realm of the Spirit. Our hearts are rejoicing and we are glad. God has saved us, delivered us from the powers of darkness, translated us into His kingdom of love and of light and in the Word. And we keep ourselves in that realm of the light, of love and in the Word. It has a positive effect upon our spirit man. Our spirit man gets excited about the things of God, rises up to a place of dominance, and praise God, we're ready to, to do spiritual warfare and battle, to overcome all the powers of darkness, to take a hold of what belongs unto us, to lay hold of eternal life, and to be a blessed people. And not only to have a, a lifestyle of victory and overcoming when it comes to ourselves individually, but also to share what we have with other people so that it can flow out from us Come upon them and get them excited about the things of God. And that's who you are this morning. You're somebody who gets others excited about the things of God. You're somebody who has a testimony. You're somebody who has life flowing inside you. And you're God's channel of power and of glory and of wisdom and of might. And you let that flow out of you. And those you come in contact with, you influence them for God. You influence them for God. You're so joyful, it can't help but to come on them. And they see what you have, and then you know what? They get jealous. They want what you have. They want what you have. That's because you've come into the knowledge of the truth. See, all that knowledge of the truth makes us free from discouragement, free from failure, free from sorrow, free from heartache, free from anxiety, free from worry. Just speak those words to your spirit, man, and it has an effect upon your spirit that allows the forces of life to be activated. It shuts down the reasoning faculties, puts them in their proper place, and has the body to align. And that's why God wants all of us to gain the knowledge of the truth that makes us free. Freedom starts right here in spirit, soul, and body. Freedom starts with the individual. Being free in spirit, in soul, and in body. And beloved, you know why God wants us free? Not just for ourselves, but you know another reason why God wants us to be free? Because when we are free, then He has the liberty to move with freedom through our lives. You emanate the life of Christ. It just begins to flow out from you. See? So that's why God wants us free also. We are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. And when people see us living the Jesus life, they want what we have. Now, I want you to turn with me also to another scripture in the book of Isaiah chapter 55. 
And as we turn to this one, let's just thank God together for His Holy Word. Our Father, we love You and bless You, and we are a thankful people. For You have provided for us not only salvation, initial deliverance, but also the means whereby we can obtain the knowledge of the truth that would make us free in every department of our being. And so we humbly approach your holy written word, thanking you that we can trust our lives to its provisions, inviting the Holy Spirit to teach us, to guide us, to direct us, and to unveil to us the deep, rich treasures of your word, that we may walk in the light of your word and be doers thereof and not hearers only. We give you all the glory and the praise for all that's accomplished within our midst. And I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. And we'll boldly proclaim the truth of your word and demonstration of the spirit of power. That our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you enjoy being free from spiritual death, knowing that heaven is your home? Are you thankful for that? Well, once again, God wants us to be not only free from that, but free from everything else. He wants us to be free from the power of sin. He wants us to be free from the power of demonic influence. He wants us to be free from the power of bad habits. He wants us to be free from the power of sickness and disease and from mental oppression. And then, of course, He wants us to be free in every area of our lives, and that includes finances. He wants us free from poverty. He wants us free from everything and anything that would prevent us from experiencing joy unspeakable, full of glory. And He has provided for us that for us. In the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ, we have provided for us everything that we need for our freedom in every area of life. Now, when it comes to sickness and disease, we have to realize that God has provided for us a way that is higher than and above the way of man. And that's why I want us to turn here in Isaiah 55 and look at verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts... And let them return to the Lord, and He will have mercy upon them, and to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Make note of this fact. God's ways are higher than man's ways. God's thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. God has a way of doing things, and man has a way of doing things. God has a way of providing things, and man has a way of providing things. Man's ways are natural. God's ways are supernatural. Man's ways are lower. 
God's ways are higher. That's what the Scripture is telling us. In other words, I can say it this way, and I believe be accurate in so doing. And that is that what is of the flesh is of the flesh. And what is of the Spirit is of the Spirit. What is natural is natural. What is supernatural is supernatural. What is carnal is carnal. What is spiritual is spiritual. We must draw the line and make the distinction between the ways of God and the ways of man. When it comes to the subject of divine healing or deliverance, being set free in our mind, our mental faculties, and any area of life, it is essential and of utmost importance that we, through careful study of God's Word and prayer, couple that all with humility, discover what God's ways and methods are. And I believe that this is an area where we have utterly failed within the body of Christ. Especially when it comes to the area of deliverance in healing. We are so quick to turn to the arm of the flesh and so quick to align ourselves with the ways of man because we have failed to understand and align ourselves with the ways of God. And I believe that it's God's intention by His Spirit to elevate the body of Christ in their life of faith and power so that our faith would no longer have to stand or rest in the wisdom of man, but be in the power of God. Isn't that what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2? That he came preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified and not the wisdom of men? Why? So that our faith would stand not in man's ability to use his perception of knowledge. No, but that our faith would stand in the ability, the power, the miracle working power of God. That's why he continued to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified and didn't get off on any tangents. He didn't preach a mixture of the two. He preached one way, Jesus being that way. See, Jesus is the way and Jesus is the truth. And we are to come under the knowledge of the truth that makes us free. We've got to come under the knowledge of Jesus. And that's why He preached Jesus in Him crucified. For He is the way. God has a higher way. Well, Jesus is the way. My ways are higher. Jesus is the way. But you see, we've only seen Him as Savior for the most part. And because of that, we have a whole lot of faith when it comes to the salvation of men. But when it comes to these other all-important areas of life, our faith is not as strong as it needs to be so that we can experience this freedom in every department of our being through divine means or divine ways. So from the Scripture, we can see this, that God has a way that is higher than man's. And we are not by any means belittling Man's ways. We should never do that. 
We thank God for all the strides that man has made in the area of medical science and also in the study of the mind and trying to get people delivered. I mean, their objective is the same as ours. We want people to be set free. Isn't that true? And they want people to be set free and they're doing everything in their ability and their means. Discovering their ways to help people be free. But you see, beloved, we must make the distinction. Thank God for man's ways and thank God for man's methods. But we have to understand God's ways and God's methods if we are going to experience ultimate success and permanent success. God's way, of course, if you'll turn there with me in Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11, involves the work of faith with power. God's way involves the work of faith with power. I want you to notice, as we talk about God's ways, we make no reference to anything in the natural realm. Faith is not a product of the natural. The power of which we speak is supernatural. It has nothing to do with natural power. And so you see, beloved, when we talk about the ways of God and the methods of God, it is totally separate from anything that man can do. And that's where true faith truly lies. It is in the way of God as revealed through His Word. Now, in Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 11, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power. How does God fulfill in all of His children the good pleasure of His goodness? Once again, we do not make any reference to natural things. He doesn't have a machine sitting up somewhere. We, we can just go and put a quarter in it and get something that we want out of it. God doesn't have that. He doesn't have a clinic set up somewhere where we can just go there and get what we need, you know, in a tangible way. He doesn't have that set up for us. But God does have a way set up for us. It's in a supernatural realm. It's in a spiritual realm. And it involves the work of faith with power. Say it with me. God fulfills in me the good pleasure of His goodness through the work of faith with power. And that's a true statement. And you see, divine healing and deliverance and all provisions come to us through the work of faith with power. Well, if that's the case, if that's so, then wouldn't you agree with me that as believers... It should be a primary thing in our life, our lives, all of us, to get as much faith as we possibly can in the things of God, in the ways of God, and also to generate as much power as we can with regard to supernatural, miracle, working power in our lives. Wouldn't you agree with me then? Those are two essentials. Building a strong life of faith and generating as much of that power as we possibly can? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without doubt. See, I want you to turn here with me and I'm going to show that to you. 
I'm going to illustrate it in the Scriptures. Look at Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And make note of this. Man's way, when it comes to healing or deliverance for the body or mind, is to assist nature either through medical science or nutrition. Man's way of assisting or of helping people involves assisting nature through medical science or nutrition. And there's nothing wrong with that. See, people think that when you talk about faith and power, that you are against any medical science or against the nutritionist, and you're not. As a matter of fact, we thank God for those who have done the study, and we thank God for their discoveries. But when you understand the work of faith with power, you also understand the limitations of man. They are only designed to do certain things. They can only do certain things. And that is, they can assist the healing virtues that have been placed within the human being by God in the first place. See, every one of us has within our physical bodies healing properties already placed there by God. Natural healing properties and virtues. And if we never had any kind of sickness or disease, as we see from the very beginning, the human body would never die or deteriorate, never get sick. But because sin came into the world and destroyed the spirit life of the individual, then the body was exposed to certain sicknesses and diseases and we quickly found out that the body is not capable of driving out every single one of them. We found out that the human mind was exposed to what we call sicknesses and diseases, mental sicknesses and diseases. And the powers that were placed within there are incapable of driving out all of them. So we must conclude then that when man provides a way to assist nature, that even though that way has helped in assisting the properties that God has placed within the human body, they are still limited. See, they have to be limited. Because we don't have cures for every sickness and disease because sickness and disease has its origin in the spiritual realm, not in the physical realm. Mental sickness and disease has its origin in the spiritual realm, not in the emotional, intellectual realm, soulish realm. And when we understand that, then we can also understand the fact that if we put all of our faith in what man can discover with the naked eye, under the microscope and all that, then no matter what they come up with, no matter what remedy they 
confined, it is still limited to assisting the healing virtues and properties placed inside the human body by God from the very beginning. And because of the fall, they cannot drive out every sickness and every disease. So we're still putting our faith in something that is limited. Is that understood? That does not belittle its work. Can you understand that also? So, does that also produce freedom? Because if you need some medicine to, to help you, take it. Amen, take it. But once again, it's, it's limited. If you need to be on a good diet to assist you, do it. But remember, it's limited. It's only designed to produce so much. Why? Because physical powers, natural powers, emotional powers are incapable of overcoming spiritual problems. Spiritual forces are more powerful than emotional and physical. That should be easily understood also. But you see, we've not done our homework. We've not done our in-depth studies. And that's why we have not understood the spiritual forces that God has placed within our spirit man and learned how to activate them on our behalf. But over here in Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, I think we have some insight into this. God's way of healing is supernatural, not natural. It is divine and it is higher than man's ways. As a matter of fact, if you recall, and we'll look at that in a, in a moment, Mark five twenty-five, we'll look at in Romans chapter 8, the Bible says that it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that has made us free from the law of what? Sin and death. A higher law called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is a higher law than the law that is working behind sickness and disease, whether it's physical or emotional, mental. There is a higher law that is at work in the unseen realm called the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is a law that exerts more power, more force and energy than the law of sin and death, which is the force behind all sickness, all disease, all sin, demonic influence and all that. And you see, unless the believer learns how to tap into that law, they'll be operating here on a lower plane, in a lower law. And it's obvious, and it should be obvious to all of us then, that unless we do something about the cause, dealing with the symptoms is not going to make us all that effective and successful. Like I said, in some cases, you know, we'll be okay because the, the natural body and the natural mind can handle a lot of sickness and a lot of disease. How many of you noticed that? The body can do it. But man has not devised something as of yet that is capable of assisting the body to heal every sickness and disease. And you know what? He never will because the human body is not going to be able to do that. And neither is the human mind. Matter of fact, let's say it this way. It is the strong spirit of a man that sustains him in bodily trouble. Proverbs 18.14 says that. See, it's the strong spirit of man. It's not his body that's strong. It's not his soul that's strong. It's his spirit that's strong. Now, in this scripture, I believe we're going to see it from a different light like we've never seen it before. 
We're going to see it in this light. Look at Matthew, or Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And in it, we have a, this, in, in this illustration, we have, a, of course, both man's ways and God's ways. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had, was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Now, is that belittling medical science? No, that's stating a fact. I mean, I, I commend her for trying to get well, don't you? I said, I commend her for trying to get well, don't you? I think it's within every person's life, every person's heart, the want to be well, the desire to be whole, isn't it? Absolutely. There are those that would spend millions of dollars, multitudes of millions of dollars, just to get their child whole, just to get their child well. They give up everything they have. There are those who have done it and have gone into debt just to get their child well. Why? Because of desire. There is that desire within our spirit man, you see, our heart. We don't want to be sick. So this here woman, she, she did what she could do. She went to the physicians. But you see, the outcome of it was like this. Although she went to the physicians, she went to the wisdom of men, those who studied the operation of the physical body, those who learned about the healing properties that God placed within the body. She went to them for assistance. They could not come up with something that was capable of assisting her body in nature to produce healing for herself. And so she was nothing better, but rather, what happened to her? She grew worse. And we see that happening all the time. That's not an isolated case. We see that happening all the time, whether it be physically or mentally in people's lives. It happens all the time. But notice now as we go on in verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life? Jesus is God's way of healing and God's power to promote health. She heard of the way of God. Her spirit got a hold of the truth of God. And her body experienced the life of God flowing into it to drive out that sickness and disease. And I want to jump ahead of myself if I can just for a moment here. It is through the work of faith with power that God enhances the healing virtues that He's already placed within the body of the human being to be effective in driving out sicknesses and diseases that medical science and just good nutrition cannot drive out. Did you get that? It is through the work of faith with power. See, those virtues are there. Those properties are there. But through the work of faith with power, we have an energy of the Spirit. We have a spiritual force that is capable of enhancing those virtues, those properties, to drive out the sickness and disease. Now, let me ask you this question. If we believe that medical science can come up with something to assist, why can't we believe that God can? Do you get that? 
I said, if we believe that medical science can come up with something to assist, why do we find it so difficult to believe that God can? See, we want to put God way out there, make it all mystical, and think that all oh, something just has to happen spectacular. But beloved, God has provided a way. He's provided the truth and the energy of His life to be received into our spirits so that by that energy, by that force of the Spirit, the already existing healing virtues that are in the physical body, that are there also for the healing of the mind, for the deliverance of the soul, can be enhanced so that they can work much better and become more effective in driving out not just a few of the sickness and disease cases of the world, but all. See, and, and once again, we have difficulty understanding that. Why? Because it's not tangible. It's not here. It's not something you can take in by drinking it. It's not something you can chew on and swallow. It's not something that can be injected into our arms, our veins. Do you see that? No, it is something that is supernatural, something that we cannot see, something that is received or injected into our spirits by faith. And to be quite frank about it, in the Christian world, we know little of it. But praise God, we're living in a day and age that we're learning more about it. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Now notice this. She heard of Jesus. And what cometh by hearing? What cometh by hearing? Faith cometh by hearing, doesn't it? So when she heard of Jesus, what did she get? Faith. Faith in what? Faith in the way of God. Faith in the truth of God. Faith in the life of God. She went to the physician, spent all that she had, was nothing bettered, rather grew worse. They had nothing to assist her body in, and nature in healing itself. So she grew worse because that sickness, that disease was still there. It was still operative. She heard of Jesus. She got faith, not in the wisdom of men, but now faith in the power of God, the way of God, the truth of God, the life of God. So she went in the press behind. She touched his garment before she sinned. Now notice this, verse 28. If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that what? Everybody say power. See, the word there is dunamis. It's the same word that's it's used throughout the New Testament there that, that is defined as, as miracle working power. Dunamis. She had faith in the way of God, in the truth of God, in the life of God, faith in Jesus. And with that faith that she had in Jesus, she activated the what of God? The power of God. Now, see, once again, we want to see this as some kind of spectacular phenomenon that took place or that happened. Something that was apart from her activity. Beloved, it was not. It was not just something that was sovereign that God wanted to do by himself. As a matter of fact, if you read it all, Jesus wasn't even aware that she was doing it. No. She came in the press behind and touched them of his garment. And virtue, or the power of God, was activated. And I strongly believe this. That power, just like the power of a medicine, medication, or 
We talk about psychological powers, but we're talking about the, the power of the mind, which it, it does exist. We can't deny that. We have, that's a part of our makeup. The power of God, the energy of the Spirit, God's life-giving force entered into her spiritually. It affected her in every area of her life, and it was so powerful, it enhanced the already existing powers that God has placed within the physical body to drive out a sickness, to drive out a disease, or to cause healing to occur. And it enhanced that, and healing was the result. If man can provide something, if man has a way that is lower, why can't we believe that God has a way that is higher? Do you see that? And once again, we have it right here. I mean, it's right there listed for us. Power began to flow. And uh, let's see here. She felt she was healed of that plague. Verse 30. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and who touched, and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude throng thee, sayest thou who touched me? He looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, I'll tell you what, we better find out about what things she had done. She had done this thing. Let's take a side journey here just for a moment. She had done this thing. He looked to find her that had done this thing. Not someone who tried this thing, but someone who had done this thing. That's what he looked to see. Multitudes thronging him, but this one did it. Do you see that? Do you see, the, do you see, do you see that there? Multitudes touching him, but this one did it. Oh, there are so many skeptics that say, oh, this doesn't work. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ever get yourself in a car, start driving down the road and the car die out? Get on the side, get on that car, you look at it. Want to kick the tire? Do you walk around that car and say, well, cars don't work? All you're looking at is your dead car right there on the side of the road. Flat dead, just won't do anything. Then finally, when you get your eyes off of your dead car, and you look up at the highway, you see all these cars going by. Finally, you start to realize, you know, it must work. <laughs> cars must work. Amen? Those cars are out there doing it. Mine's not. So finally, you conclude that cars work. You better call the mechanic. The mechanic comes, adjusts one little wire... And the car starts up and you take off. You know the faith life is the same way. We get to looking at ourselves and say it doesn't work. Just not working. Oh, I've heard it, but it's just not working. I'll tell you what, you get yourself in an environment where you see people living the faith. You start hearing the testimonies of what God's doing in their lives. And then once again, you get yourself in an environment where you start saying, hey, wait a minute, this stuff does work. It works for those who do it. It's the doer of the Word that's blessed in His deeds. It does work. And right away you get inspired once again. And then you know what you do? You go right back to the mechanics of God's Word. 
right back into the basics of God's Word. And you start finding out what has been wrong in my car. You make an adjustment on that wire. Maybe change the spark plugs. You know, sometimes I think that's what we need is a, is a change, a tune-up, a spiritual tune-up. Change some spark plugs. Get things working right once again. And you know what? You find yourself experiencing the blessings of God once again. It does work. He looked to find out who did it. Don't be looking to find out who didn't do it. Don't be looking to find out how it doesn't work. But praise God, my brother and sister, maintain an attitude that says this. It works. And if it'll work for anybody, it'll work for me. Faith and power work. The operation of faith and power works. I can overcome. The power of God can be operative in my life to enhance within me anything that God has placed within me. You know, we can have stability of mind by the same power. We have a will of our own. And to be quite frank about it, if we use it in a proper way, we can go through life without being overcome mentally. But you know what, my brother and sister? There are those who do not go through life without being overcome mentally because of the mind's inability in some cases to deal with certain things. Certain events, certain occurrences that take place in life that cause a person to be depressed, to feel like life has no purpose, full of anxiety and all that, war against the mind. And then the mind is not capable of overcoming all that pressure and so it shuts down. And a person has a mental disorder, nervous breakdown. And what is needed is to have the power of God infused into that mind once again to drive out all that. We try to do it through medication and it's limited. How many of you know that medication when it comes to dealing with the mind is limited? Extremely limited. See, what is needed, my brother and my sister, is the understanding of the operation of faith with power so that that could take over, you see, and enhance these abilities. And it will drive it out. As a matter of fact, just to illustrate that, there was an individual who was in, in an asylum. There, having a, just violent because of a nervous breakdown and all that. To make it short, it's a long story to make it short. Finally, because of family and that sort of thing, they were able to get this woman to come out and come to a service where she would sit under, sit under the teaching of God's holy word. And as she sat there, no one laid hands upon her, no one prayed for her, but as she sat there and listened to what the word of God had to say with regard to her deliverance, in a few days' time, she was totally delivered and set free, and she was in her right mind and didn't have to go back to the, to the institution. Now, wait a minute. Wasn't she on medication? You know she was. But the medi medication is limited. Do you see that? Whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, medication is limited. Right dieting is limited. It can only do so much. Exercise is limited. It can only do so much. See, we have to understand the operation of faith with power if we are going to have success. And very often what we do is just, we just take this so lightly that because, you know, we're young and vibrant and full of health and vitality and all that, and we just ignore it and ignore it and ignore it, and we don't study it and, and find out how it works. And so our level of faith is, is low. 
and our understanding of the operation of faith with power is, is, is limited. And we lack, when it comes to that knowledge and, and understanding, and also the operation of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, we, we lack in our understanding of its operation. And so we're just operating on this little bit of power. But you see, God doesn't want us to operate on a little bit of power. He says He wants us to be filled with the Spirit. To overflow with His power. You know what it means to be filled with the Spirit? To be under the total control of the energy of the, of the force of the Spirit of God. That's what it means. Under its total control and sway. That's what He wants us to be. Filled with His Spirit. Why? So that the rivers of life that flow into us can affect us in every area of our lives and then flow out from us to affect others. That's what God desires for us all. But once again, it comes to our understanding of this, of this operation of faith with power. And you can see here as we finish reading this, in verse 32, he looked around about to see her dad done this thing and she did it. Everybody say she did it. If she did it, I can do it. Say it again. If she did it, I can do it. If her faith worked for her, my faith can work for me. Now, let's notice. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told all the truth. I like that. Told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, my faith. Doesn't say that, does it? No. Daughter, your faith. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and behold of thy plague. And what he was saying was that her faith activated the power of God. And her faith that activated the power of God made her whole. And if her faith could make her whole, our faith could make us whole. But once again, you see, it, it, it had to be that she understood that God had a higher way. God had another way. And to be quite frank about it, my brother and sister, even Christians, most Christians don't realize that God has another way. That God has a higher way. Some don't even believe that He has one, let alone how to get into it, how to understand it, how to be involved in it. But my brother and sister, Jesus died for this way. It was through His death that this way has been provided. And it's up to us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of what? The word of truth. So that we can walk in the light of the knowledge of the truth that makes us free. And you see, I believe that if we'll do that, then praise God, we'll experience freedom just like she did. Whether it be in our you know, spirit, soul, or body. Now, if you would, I want you to turn to another scripture with me found in Luke's Gospel. When that woman went to the doctor, she made a demand upon his ability. She made a demand. Luke's Gospel, did I say chapter 13? Chapter 13, verse 10. Luke's Gospel, chapter 13. She made a demand upon the ability of, the, of those doctors, those physicians. And all they can come up with was what they had. And her body did not respond to what they had come up with. So that shows us that although man does have a way, and in some cases 
he can assist the human body, that not all of his ways are entirely effective. This woman then went to Jesus, and when she went to Jesus, she made a demand upon his ability. As a matter of fact, one translation says it just like that. Somebody has made a demand upon my ability. And when she made a demand upon his ability, and his ability was applied to her condition, was it sufficient? I said, was it sufficient? Absolutely it was sufficient. Now I said that to say this. There are certain times when we make a demand upon medical science, medication, or even right dieting, nutrition, expecting it to assist us in becoming well, assisting nature, when nothing will happen or the body will not respond at all, even when the body of others has responded in times past. For an example, you have a certain case of a sickness or a disease, and this particular medication has been proven to be, let's say, 90% effective. And it helps most of the people to recover. And that's, that's a pretty good record there. That's a pretty good percentage there. Well, here's another time, here's another situation, maybe it's the same condition. But we draw upon the ability of man, medical science, and we attempt to have that medication, to have that right diet or whatever the case is, to affect us in that same positive way to assist us in becoming whole or becoming well once again. But in our efforts, we see nothing is happening. The mind is not being cleared up or the body is not responding and we can't understand why. Very important truth to understand. Look at Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 10. And he was teaching, which is the watering of the word, in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bound together and could in no wise lift up herself. When she saw, when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed. From thine infirmity. Let's notice that this woman had within her body what is termed or called by Jesus a spirit of infirmity. When a person has a sickness or a disease that is directly caused by the manifest presence of a demon spirit or a spirit of infirmity, you can try to use medication, whether it be on the mind or whether it be on the physical body, and for the most part, that medication will not have any effect upon that physical body, even though it had an effect upon the body of another person who did, who had the same disease, but not caused by the presence of a demon spirit. See, once again, these are truths that we have to understand. It's the knowledge of the truth that makes us free. And in dealing with this particular person, all the medication in the world was not, would not help him or her. And I'll illustrate that to you. Now, this here woman had uh, what, what is termed or what is called rheumatoid arthritis. She could in no wise lift up herself. 
And no matter what man comes up with, would come, would have come up with, or could possibly come up with, no matter what he would give to this particular person, medication is incapable of enabling her to be whole. This is something that we have to come to grips with. Because I believe, once again, our faith has shifted over to the medical profession and these other areas of, uh, of deliverance. And we have failed to do our in-depth study in God's Word so that we can gain the faith that we need in the power of God to be whole or to be free. The only way, now write it down, the only way that woman could have been delivered, could have been made whole in her body so that she can stand up tall, would be if the demon spirit was dealt with. No medication, no diet, nothing in the world would be able to assist her in being whole once again. It had to be the divine power of God driving out that presence of the demon spirit, even if others were healed through medication. This woman had what is called a spirit of infirmity. Now, let me illustrate once again. Here's an individual who comes in a prayer line, and he's suffering from a nervous condition. He had a mental breakdown and also chronic migraine headaches. And you can give him all kinds of medication, supposedly to help take away the pain that he's experiencing in his head, and the depression, and the nervous condition, and all that goes with it. But yet all the medication in the world is ineffective. Everything that he tries is ineffective. He still lives his life tormented in his mind, under the severe pressure, under the severe pain. He's still sick. He's still nervous. On the, uh, on the verge of another nervous breakdown. Well, the person comes through a healing line. And once again, and this is something that we have to note. So if you're taking notes, make note of it. All things are possible to him that believeth. If the fellow's level of faith was right, and if the fellow's believing was right, when he was prayed for, if he would have mixed faith with the anointing, he could have been delivered on his own. Make note of that. For all things are possible unto him that believeth. And we do not call someone an inferior Christian just because his belief or understanding of faith and healing is not right. That does not make a person an inferior Christian. Is that understood? We do not belittle any child of God. We are all equal. There's no respect of persons with God. No. But we have to keep teaching the Word so that every one of us can benefit from what God has provided for all of us. Amen? Every single one of us. But now this guy goes to the healing line and nothing at least immediately takes place. But he goes and he sits down. And to make it short, the minister after ministering to other people in the healing line looks over that way finally and sees that person. And the moment he sees that person, and this is very important... He is in the spirit realm. Now, there's a difference between just laying hands on people in faith and the power of God flowing in the anointing there and then entering into the spirit realm. See, when he entered into the spirit realm, which is not something that we turn on or turn off, he saw that man sitting there and he saw the presence of a demon spirit who, which looked like an imp having this man's head in an arm lock, in a headlock, with his arms wrapped around this man's head, squeezing it. Now, beloved, there's no medication, nothing that we can conjure up, nothing at all. 
Because the problem or the cause is not natural. The cause is supernatural. It is spiritual. So unless it is dealt with spiritually, that man can take aspirin. He can take all kinds of medications for his, for his migraine headache. And he can take all kinds of drugs and all that to put him out of that misery of being nervous and tormented. Yet to no avail. Why? Because there is the literal presence of a demon spirit. Yes, he's a Christian. It doesn't possess his spirit. A demon can't possess a Christian's spirit. But it can lodge itself in a person's mind or physical body if they're a Christian. And that's what their purpose is, to seek embodiment of man. So they can express themselves in this world where they have no expression because they have no bodies any longer. And so when he saw that that demon was there around that person's head, he looked over and began to talk and spoke to the demon. Now, see, you can hear his voice, but, but you couldn't hear what the demon was saying. And he spoke to the demon and he said, I command thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to let him go. See, very often we say, well, why is this person like that? He's always a complainer, always, a, always in pain, always got a headache, nervous and all that. We can't see in that realm. Unless God opens up our spiritual eyes and would to God that he would more often so that we can deal with such cases. Amen. And he saw that and he says, I command thee in Jesus' name to leave him. And he says, I don't want to, but if you tell me, then I have to. He said, well, I tell you, and you have to in Jesus' name. And immediately he fell off, fell to the ground. He told me the premises and he did. But here's the point. The man sat, sat up, lifted up his hands and said, oh, I'm free. See, he felt, he says, like a band was broken. Just, just broken. The anointing looses the bands of wickedness. It will undo the heavy burdens. It will let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. See, and that's what happened. The power of God just broke that power of Satan. It was not natural. It was supernatural. And that man would never have been delivered any other way. Never been comforted. Never been helped. Can you imagine living for the next 40 years of your life in that condition? How many of you would want to live with migraine headaches for the rest of your life? How many of you would want to live with a nervous condition that's uncontrollable for the rest of your life? Well, what are we going to come up with to help people, help people like that? Man is incapable of doing so because there was a spirit of infirmity. There was a demon spirit. And you look through all the Gospels. Thou deaf and dumb spirit. Guy couldn't talk. Why couldn't he talk? Impediment in his speech. Why couldn't he? Do we need to call in a speech therapist? Now, you know, in some cases, people have problems with their speech, and you get a speech therapist come in, they can help. Because the cause is not a spirit. Do you see along these lines? You see how that is? It's not a So we thank God for speech therapists, don't we? We thank God for medical doctors. We thank God for, for those that help counseling with people at that level. Do you see that? We don't belittle any of that work. But, beloved, we've got to look over to the other side. We've got to see things from a spiritual perspective. We can't stop and say, well, if God can't do it through man, then God can't do it. Beloved, praise God, God can do it through Jesus if He can't do it through man. If man doesn't come up with a solution, go over to God. God has already come up with a solution. Jesus is the way. And that man was delivered, and many others can be delivered also. If we would do our homework and cooperate with Him. Hallelujah. And give him half a chance through us, through our lives. And make this a serious matter. 
No, she had a spirit of infirmity, bowed over, could no wise lift up herself. Can you imagine being like that for the rest of your life? Oh, dear God, no, I can't imagine being like that. Could you? I'm athletic-minded. I like to get out there and run and, and, and all that. Don't you? Absolutely. How would you like to not be able to, to do the things that you need to do around the home? Absolutely not. We don't like to be bedfast. We don't like to be bound up that we can't, you know, be mobile and get out there and do the things we have to do. But this woman, for 18 years, was that way. And, are you ready? There would have been nothing that man could have conjured up in her lifespan that would have freed her up, enabling her to be mobile, to do what she needed to do in life. But thank God she met God's way. Glory to God, she met the way of Jesus. She found the truth and she was made free. Verse 13, he laid his hands on her. Immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And then you know, of course, all the hypocrites got together and they began to get scream at Jesus for what he had done. But look at verse 16. Jesus said, And ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound low these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? Notice what makes us free. See, it's the knowledge of the truth. And Jesus was revealing to her that you're a child of, you're a daughter of Abraham, and by virtue of your standing, of, uh, uh, of you being in the family of God, you should have been loosed. And I just came to carry it out for you. And that's what he did. But my point is that there is behind some sicknesses and diseases, not all, but behind some sicknesses and diseases, the, the literal presence of demon spirits that must be dealt with by the anointing power of God. Otherwise, medical scientists can't help. There's, it'll never be dealt with. Because, you see, we can't come up. They can't come up with, you've heard of like potions or something like that, medications, potions. They can't come up with stuff that is strong enough, that is powerful enough. They can drive that thing out of a person's body. They can't, they'll never be able to do it. Because the origin is spiritual, and all they have to work with is what? Natural things. Natural things. Things in this realm of the natural. Well, this evening, it is our intention to set in motion this healing power of God, this miracle-working power of God. Why? So that we can assist. Now, notice this. We can assist one another. As we come together tonight, we can generate this power, this miracle-working power of God that drove out this devil, this miracle-working power of God that enabled the woman with the issue of blood to be whole. We can generate this kind of miracle-working power in our midst to what degree? To the degree that we give ourselves over unto generating it. We can generate it to such a degree that if we have enough of it here in a tangible way, present within our midst, if people will come together in faith and, and exercise faith in that anointing power of God, then the same results that took place in the lives of these people will also take place in the lives of people who come to this service tonight. I believe that. And not only tonight, but also in the lives of those of us who are here right now. You, may, you might say, well, I can't come tonight. I need it right now. Well, praise God. The power of God is present right now to do that same work in all of our lives. 
It's just the fact, beloved, that we have taken it lightly. May I say it this way? I truly believe this. Medical science is more concerned and more interested and apply themselves to a greater degree in providing through compassion and research that which is necessary to produce healing in the lives of human beings than those of us who are Christians. We have left the business of healing for the body, of deliverance for the mind, unto men. For the most part, who are not Christians. We have failed to supply the body of Christ with the power of God. And if you think that's an indictment, you're absolutely right, it is. Beloved, we've got more to offer. Beloved, you have more to offer. Amen. We have more to offer than what we've offered the people who are out there lying in darkness. It's up to us to continue in it. It's our responsibility to continue in it. Now, I don't know about you, but there have been times I've had many temptations. I've had many temptations to say, you know, what's the, what's the need to have always have healing services once a month? You know, and you begin to reason those things out in your mind. For example, how many people really are concerned about that? How many people really care? How many people want to do what it takes to enter into that place, that realm with God, to provide what is necessary? How many people who are out there who are, who are sick even really want to understand God's method or God's way? But you know what the Lord has shown me inside my heart? You don't stop preaching the gospel of salvation just because there are those who are out there who will reject it. You don't stop preaching the gospel of salvation just because when you preach out there, there'll be, there'll be those who, who think you're off your rocker, who will laugh at you, mock you, and ridicule you, and, and, and all that. And he's saying you don't stop preaching the gospel of healing and deliverance no matter what. It is your responsibility, it is your duty as a child of God to provide the world with a higher way. It is not our responsibility to provide a lower way. It is our duty and responsibility to provide a higher way. And beloved, for those of us who are in ministry, I want us all to know God is more concerned about the spiritual, emotional, and physical condition of a human being than He is about anything else in the universe. He is concerned about bringing lives back together again in spirit, in soul, and in body, and making people every whit whole. That is His business. The God that we serve is in the people business, and He is concerned about human beings. He's concerned about people. And it is our responsibility and duty as children of the Most High God to study and research even more so than what the medical science profession does. And all those who study in the realm of the mind, it is our responsibility and our duty as children of the Most High God to study the power of God and the faith of God so that we can offer not only to a lost and dying world salvation for the spirit, but also deliverance for the soul and healing for the physical body. God forbid, my brother and sister, but ask yourself this question. 
Where would I be if something terminal came to my life? Do I have enough understanding of faith and power? Would I be able to stand against, to resist the forces of darkness? And let me just close by giving you this illustration. It doesn't matter who you are either, how much of the word you've heard. How many of you know Brother John Osteen? You've heard of Brother John Osteen. Maybe you've seen his program. You've heard uh, some of the faith men talk about his ministry. But after being examined by many doctors, they came to the conclusion that it was essential, necessary, that he had heart surgery, heart bypass, uh, bypass. And the night before, see, he, he teaches God's Word. He's known, he knows what God's Word says. No one is exempt, you see, from an attack of the enemy. No one, the storms of life come to all of us. But at this particular time, he was in the hospital. The night before, he's going to have surgery. And he said, he thanked God for the others who would pray and agree with him and that sort of thing. Thank God for all that. But you know what? That night, he knew that it was between two. John Osteen and God Almighty. And he said, I just began to meditate on the Word of God. I realize I can't copy somebody else. I can't use somebody else's testimony. I can't do what somebody else did. I've got to rely upon the God that I know and the Word that I know. And so there he was, and he, and he just waited before the Lord God that night as he was meditating, of course. And I'm sorry, my brother and sister, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be... Well, how do I mean to be? Oftentimes... At a time like that, people will clutter themselves up with, with, with all kinds of things. Not even concentrate on the things of God. If you're facing an operation, if you're facing things of, of that kind of major importance, and just, just clog their minds up with all kinds of stuff and activities that really don't need to be there. And what I'm saying is we shouldn't be listening to a television program if we're facing surgery. I mean, we should be concentrating on the things of God. This is serious business. You know, we don't say you should never watch a program. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there are certain times, my brother and sister, that we better get gung-ho about the things of God. If that's not a time to do it, I don't know when's the time to do it. And so there he was. At least he gave himself over to meditation and, and, and the things of God. And he began to meditate upon the Word of God. And, you know, he said, in, now think about that. Right there then, he's going to be operated on major surgery the next day. And he said, the Holy Spirit quickened the word inside my heart. See, we can't do what others do. We can't act upon what others act upon. We've got to have intimacy with the Father for ourselves. And he said the word of God that he knew, the scriptures that he knew, God's word was quickened inside his heart by the Spirit of God. He had that kind of visitation, supernatural visitation. Contact, supernatural contact, by letting, allowing his spirit man to have the freedom to, to, to meditate God's word. And you know what? Now you think about this. How many would have the audacity to do something like this? He's scheduled now. Major surgery. And he said, the doctor came in the next day. And he said, doctor, I just want to let you know, I have another doctor on the case. 
And the doctor says, yeah, well, who's that? He says, well, it's Dr. Jesus. Now, are you ready for this? You know what that doctor said? See, sometimes we think, well, people are going to pose us and laugh at us and mock us. The doctor said, I believe you made a wise choice. And he packed up his belongings and he went home. He said he'd been out preaching the Word of God and he's never felt better in his life. Yes, my brother and sister, these are serious things that we're talking about. And I know that sometimes we don't like to hear it. Can I get us to wake up? I mean, really wake up? You don't wait to a time like that to start finding out, shuffling around to see if you've got faith. You don't wait to a time like that that you say, Oh, what did Pastor teach on? Let me get that tape and find out what. You don't wait. You don't put your trust in men. You don't come and say, well, we got healing service next month. We'll wait. You don't put your trust in that. See, faith and power. We must develop faith in the power of God. And praise God, join ourselves together and encourage one another to use all of what we can. Do you see that? I wish we had time to go on in certain other, other, other areas, but, you know, but our, our time's escaped us. Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.